And now, it's time for the show, This Old Dungeon. Good evening, Dungeoneers, and welcome to a cozy little episode, a regular episode of This Old Dungeon, with your host, Lou Alou, and... Howdy, Edwin here. Hey, guys, it's Bill. All right, we are actually together again after a, about a month hiatus, uh, so we got to get caught up. What what you guys been doing in gaming? I, uh, I've been gaming. I don't know about you two. <laughs> As always, <laughs> show off. Um, I just uh, had a surprise marriage of one of my characters to a fire giant that uh, really <laughs> threw the GM for a loop. I think... I think his idea was he would present this, you know, hey, you could marry my daughter type thing. And we would say no, and it would lead to a big fight. And I was like, you know, my character's really been searching for somebody to boost his uh, his power level when he goes back home to his tribe. <laughs> and bringing home a, print, a, fire, a fire giant princess would definitely do that. <laughs> so he was completely flummoxed. Um, so that was pretty fun. Um, so I had that, um, uh, my, uh, impossible dreams, uh, Delta green game, uh, with, um, Sean is getting back on track. I think we're due to get back to that tomorrow after a few weeks off. And, and that's so, a big Epic, right? That's like, uh, masks of Narlethotep type scale Epic, isn't it? Um, I think so. It's not, I don't think it's that, that big, but it is several scenarios that are sort of. I think thematically and sort of chronologically tied together. I don't actually know it well, which I'm excited about because I've, you know, so we're in the second of, I don't know how many scenarios and there was like a 10 year gap between the first two, uh, but we're starting to see how the second one ties back to the first one. And uh, it's, it's driving us crazy. It's a, it's a weird <laughs> scenario in the sense that I think it's designed to, mess with the players as much or not more than with the characters oh good um and so that's always kind of interesting to think about the difference between those two you know that two types of adventures there but so i've had that we're still uh still going through the old school essentials uh stone hell i think we're we're now comfortably able to go down to level five like we could still die at any moment but we feel like we're gonna you know we're likely to survive so that's been kind of exciting so i guess we're halfway down you know it's a 10 level dungeon i think and we're in we're on level five so in the whole uh brew delivery scheme all got ruined a while back right yeah yeah we lost our lost our our uh, ticket to easy money <laughs> good so, yeah it was it was you know all those xp add up so had to had to cut that off quickly <laughs> Although we've been selling food to, uh, there's some ghouls that like uh, sort of weird meats. And so every time we find a new creature and kill it, we, you know, we take a corpse over and say, hey, hey, ghouls, you interested in buying a few pounds of this? Uh, it really sounds like you guys are playing a new game called Merchants and Mazes. Well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of fighting, but I just right. don't, you know. I don't. I don't need to tell you about that part because you you know about that part. Um, no, there's there's. It's mostly you know. It's mostly. Uh, I listen at the door. I knock the door in. I kill the creature. I search for treasure. 
um we do oh, we i, I love the the off dungeon crawl parts i mean it's that's that's yeah. really cool it's but it's I fun to watch the fact that there's yeah. there's story in there also yeah and just just you know the players you know I, I always getting out of that box a little bit um, yep it's fun for everyone so what have you uh, all been up to i have not done a whole lot although i have been playing um we we at pacer we got a bunch of solo stuff coming up shortly so i'm also working on a bunch of things with that but i've actually played lathan's gold or i'm playing through it right oh, yeah. now i haven't i have not played that one in a very very long time um and i remember it being boggy for some reason hmm. but to me solo dungeons are just so unique i mean they're, they're almost all different first of all like even this even the uh, procedures you mean like you, in how they're set up yeah how they're set up how the yeah. procedure that you use to play i mean csr like all, is the yeah. worst yes worst defender Each in the one's world. a different you know mm-hmm. they could never make up their mind what they wanted to do right so um i vague I just really barely remember lathan's gold and and by, by solo you mean no gm right no gm yeah. that's right yeah. just you and a book and some dice Yep. And, and a magic in uh, a magic reveal marker or a or a yeah, slip for of, some of them uh, yeah. red film. you don't need you don't need that for <laughs> this one but um yeah they just had some awful systems uh the the red lens viewer ones that don't really mm-hmm. work uh the marking pen ones that never really worked to begin with and certainly don't work today um yeah this but, this this is not like to mention screaming for for ebook or pdf or something i mean <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there's some that work like so work better than others um uh Marorius Musen's um, Ghost of Lion Castle, Castle is a that's good it. one. Yeah. That's a really good one. It's more of a straightforward. It, it, see, I remember liking Lanthan's Gold, and I can't remember what it was about it, but it had. It, it's got it's pirates. Got, I mean, yeah, you gotta like yeah. that. Uh huh. And in, 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 isn't there something about like um, you, you you go to an island on a ship? Yes. Well, and there's there's some sort of inventory tracking system. I want to say is. It's, it's been so long since. Yeah, you can. You interesting. can. I was, you know, half-heartedly joking about the merchant part, but you can pretty much do that a little bit in that module. So it's, uh, it's got a couple of different tracks you can go down, go, go down. And like I said, I, I vaguely remember it, but I do remember it being like really slow in parts. But I also remember that to me, that's a really cool aspect of it. Cause you know, I think a solo dungeon, the danger you get into when you design them and we've done several, um, you can, you gotta be careful. Like when you sit down and play test, it's like, Huh, I just finished this thing in 32 minutes. That's not re- what we're really going for, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so this one's it's not really interesting because you're coming out with some, and I know uh, Tom Wilson just uh, kickstarted one uh, yeah. last month. Yeah. And then I've got my next MCC one is a solo MCC adventure that's kind of a, a rift on uh, Ravenloft called uh, Raven's Rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I, I don't know what it is about the, this, you know, this game space here that, that we're all kind of in the same, same uh, wavelength of uh, design we, or whatever, yeah, but that, that's interesting. You know, we've done pretty well with them and we, we've had a few out for a while. Um, ben did uh, Into the Unknown a couple of years ago, which I think right before COVID maybe even, it's probably been longer than that. Um, it was our second biggest. <laughs> That's pretty we've ever convenient done. timing. It was. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was also our, our second largest Kickstarter ever. Um, it, was, it did really, really well. Um, we've got a series of solo modules that I'm right, actually writing the fourth one right now. The third, the first three, been out for quite some time. 
finally getting back around to that. Um, we are just uh, um, signed uh, back on with Goodman Games to do some stuff with them. And cool. we are one of the projects we're going to do is a solo adventure for DCC. Um, just a totally new, unique, unique adventure. And then I know Ben is actually under contract to do one for. I'm not. I don't know if I'm allowed to say who he's doing it for yet. I, okay, mystery. I think they're company. saving. Right. Yeah. They're saving it. I think for a secret stretch goal, that kind of thing for a, a game system. So, um, so we nice. we're. It's one of our. It's kind of one of our niches for Paysetter. Always has been the solo module. So it's always been fascinating to me. But that's what I've been doing in gaming: writing solo adventures and actually playing one. So cool. I know it's not with a group, but it's as close as I'm going to get uh, this month. Yeah. <laughs> Blue, we we're still trooping through the Ravenloft campaign that started like a year ago, but it's it's been on and off. Uh, Curse of Strahd plus some extra stuff. My uh, my buddy's trying to hit us up against all the major universal monsters. So we've we fought a, a, a phantom and we fought a uh, oh a Jekyll and Hyde kind of character and you know just everything so far. So we're <laughs> we're down to werewolves and the vampires. So we must be getting to the end here. That's so, right. Uh, Definitely a lot of wolves in that thing, and obviously a vampire. But it's interesting <laughs> we haven't done the werewolf yet because I feel like the wolves sort of show up early. Well, the, so he he actually started us from first level characters. So um, as I understand it, having our characters having done some uh, some reconnaissance, the werewolves are living in like a fairly large pack uh, in a cave, and so we're we're kind of. Yeah. Working our right. way up to being able to deal to with them. There. So, uh, yeah, no, yeah. that sounds familiar. Yeah, that's cool. Are you enjoying yeah. it? Yeah, it's you know, it's it's interesting because uh, I'm a huge fan of the original Ravenloft, and it has become a different thing, right? Yeah. I mean, like e e even Strahd himself. I mean, he was a baddie back then, but he was you know, if you were sixth level and you had a, a big enough party, you had a good chance of defeating him. Because you could hit. Um, right. yeah. Recently we recently ran into kind of one of these like um, quick exchanges, you know, where uh, he kind of toyed with us a little bit and then took off and yep. just wiped the floor with us. <laughs> Nothing yeah, we yeah. had could like touch him. Touch him. Uh, so it's, it's, it's different, but uh, it's enjoyable. Yeah. Cool. I know Ben ran the new, the, the new big watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For his, for his group. And it, he he they really enjoyed it you know they got got the feel of it really well but i think i remember him mentioning that actually stride in that is isn't that strong he really needs help oh we'll mm -hmm. see i'm seeing the reverse but but then again we, it could we struggle to be how it's being played yeah. it could be the fact that you know we're not our, our characters may not be uh well suited for for that particular right. gotcha. fight i don't right. know yeah um one thing I have enjoyed is it's got a lot of really good gotcha uh, setup moments in some of the mini adventures in that campaign. Um, there's this one where you're going to explore this cave behind a waterfall because you have, you know, heard some rumors that there's this staff back there that you're trying to find. And you happen upon this, uh, this, you know, I don't know, villager or whatever who's out looking for his lost son. And it's like, oh, yeah, we'll help you find him. And he, he thinks it's also that his son was taken by somebody living behind a waterfall. And you get through it all, and it turns out that the villager was uh, an Oni, uh, you know, one of those uh, Oriental um, trolls uh, or ogres, trolls. I mean, yeah. uh, all, it, with an illusion and all that. And he traps you and everything. And 
man, we fell for it. <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker. Didn't see it coming. <laughs> Oldest trick in the book. But uh, yeah, it was great. So. There was um, right. well, one thing I wanted to upcoming. I've got a uh, rising Phoenix outside of Boston is a relatively new con. It's only their second year, but there's sort of uh, a group of people that started a con. They're friends with the people who run total con, which is in the same area. So I'm headed down there at the, what is that? April 20th, 22nd, something like that. So nice. I don't know if any of our listeners will be there. Uh, obviously, you guys are not going to make it up, but chance I to meet not and greet be. with Edwin. That's right. That's right. But come say hello. <laughs> yeah. I'll be actually at um, yeah Chaosium Con. Chaosium Con, isn't it? Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I'm yeah, kind of yeah, looking yeah. forward to that. that was first that's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, obviously, none of us are going to Gary Con this week. It appears so. Nope. I, I was uh, I was a hair's breadth away. Oh. Um, Jeffrey Jones off of the RPG Ramblings podcast, he was going and he reached out to me and said, hey, man, it, you know, I'm going. If you want to go, you can crash to my uh, my hotel. And it was really tempting, but I'm so far behind on writing some projects. I, I just couldn't do it. I had to be like, no, yeah. I got to buckle down and get some stuff done this weekend. So that dang work. Maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we've been gone a little while. And uh, we got a few things in our mailbag here, guys. So uh, <laughs> want to do some letters? <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> we just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. Wonder who it's from. My opinion is letter writer is a total wacko. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, we've got a very special letter. We're going to hold on to that one for the end here. So uh, from Verning 23 how about that episode with Trevor Stamper? So this was this is one of the one-shot ones I did with uh Trevor Stamper, he uh, does a, a lot of work with DCC, prints the uh, Tales of the Smoking Worm, uh, does a lot of like mm-hmm. personal book binding and, and booksmithing or whatever you want to call that. So anyhow, um, I thought it was interesting to hear someone looking at not just writing a new adventure, but looking at ways to write new adventures. Uh, Maybe new it ways does to seem write adventures? Out of, uh, <laughs> yes, I mean, yes, yeah, new ways. Yeah, <laughs> there must be new ways to write adventures. Yes. Uh, all right. So that now it makes sense, folks. Now, now if you're listening, you understand what he's. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, there, uh, Jay Verding is 23. Uh, it does seem the format of adventures has been pretty stagnant since their inception in the late 70s. Since all of you publish games, what can you say about your own company's evolution of the medium? Love the episodes. Looking forward to seeing what your next This Old Dungeon is going to be covering. Any chance we'll get a FASA Star Trek episode? Roll some 20s, gentlemen. All right. So um, changing so up I, the medium, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, it, I, I mean, he's right in some respect, although I feel like one of the things we see as we look back at older adventures is how much things have changed or often changed. I mean, they were sort of, obviously there was a whole lot of experimentation and we're still experimenting, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's, I mean, some of the question could be, you know, as we think about actually different media. So an electronically published adventure that could have um, a little more dynamics to it in some sense, um, I and I gotta imagine. say, I, I'm terrible about that, man. My my PDF is, is always at, at the 
the, the last thought that comes around, right? It's like, oh, I want to make this book, this book, this book. Oh, I got to make a exactly. PDF. Uh, okay, just throw yeah. that in there. And well, I think all of us are, and... Yeah, I mean, I think all of us are, are book-focused publishers. I mean, I think that's that's what we yes. like to do is to get physical books out there. So then I like think- Like you said on the, on the solar, uh, sorry to cut you off, but on mm-hmm. the solo adventures, uh, I mean, you just said a moment ago and it just, it was like, you know, my eyes had been, uh, you know, wiped clean. This idea that, oh, well, if you're doing a PDF on that, you know, you don't have to do all the, you know, turn to page such and such or whatever. You can click right. on the choice and go to that. And there's all sorts right. of things you can do with that. Never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. But I, th- I think from a, so I suppose there's the, the, the format stuff, but I feel like maybe what Jay Vernon 23 is asking about in some sense is more maybe stories. I mean, I mean, like, I feel like there's some stuff you got to give, right? Right. You got to have descriptions of what the characters are seeing. There's no way to get around that because the GM is the eyes for the party. So you're going to describe stuff and then you're going to talk about what's going on. So the GM can, you know, improv off of whatever the background events are. So you're going to do that. And, you know, so, so at the sort of the most basic level, that's what we do, right? We, we write those two things up. What do you see here? Smell, taste, whatever. And mm-hmm. what else is going on? So it's, I think it's maybe how we write about those things. And, you know, that could be as simple as do we like box text or not box text? I don't know. Um, or it could be like, I mean, there's so like the OSC well, stuff. It's right a now. competition for space, right? I mean, there's this yes. competition for space between your stats, your descriptors, your like, um, maybe like play aids or whatever your advice to the game master about how to run the encounter. Um, and how do you well, I think put that on the page the, without the stylistic stuff, right? Are you writing for a brand new GM who, who would like mm-hmm. to have everything fed to them? Are you writing for somebody who just wants three bullet points and a, and three hours or to improv or whatever, yeah. and a map? Yeah. Three bullet points and a map. Um, and I feel like we've been, we not frog God, but we, the publishing industry overall um, have been playing in the same monster big sandbox for the whole time. I mean, certainly I feel like some of the early adventures were three bullet points in a map and some of them were, boy, uh, this would be a good time to uh, to roll some dice behind your screen to make the players nervous or, you know, whatever, like giving, you know, real detailed uh-huh. GM advice and so forth. Um, so it seems like there's a lot of, like I, maybe evolution is the word that that I'm not, uh, I'm not going to, agree with because i feel like it's at least at this point it's experimentation it's you know try this try that i can't say that we have evolved in the sense of we used to do that and now we do this Uh, i can say that we have tried this that and the other thing and sometimes we like this and sometimes we like that it depends who the author is so we're we are definitely open to trying lots of stuff and i think um you know, obviously both of you guys are too. And even Watsy, who you'd think would be sort of the um, mm-hmm. staid publisher, they've been trying all sorts of stuff too, even within 5e of, you know, their their adventure books are not the same thing over and over again. They said, well, let's try a sandbox. Let's try this thing with four adventures in it. And you're going to choose one or parts of one and you're going to do the shuffle them up. Like there's all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. going on, but I, maybe yeah, but I'm not sure about evolution. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? I know. I, I think you're right. I think it's it's evolution and devolution. I mean, we we try things and then we go back to things that work. Um, 
you know, and that's a little, well, when I first read this, this email, I thought of, you know, the format, uh, the format of ventures, like you said, could be taken several different ways. You know, the, the first way obviously is the presentation of your book, what it looks like. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of publishers that have been around, you know, the ones that have been around, uh, for all God, us, uh, castles, crusades, you know, troll Lord, I mean, um, you know, our presentation 15 years ago is not the presentation that we have today in our books. Uh, it may not be radically different, but it is different and, and hopefully better. And I think we've all learned as we go. And we also try to listen to, you know, our, um, our customers and what they want, you know? So I think any way that we can make our books easier for them to use is what drives us as far as format yeah. goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, for us, the adventure module, let's just nail, narrowly tailor it to that has always been, um, what can we do to make the GM's life easier? One of the things actually, yeah, because Lou, you were talking about fighting for space and you're talking about making the GM's life easier. And I think one of the things that I've been more and more aware of as we've been putting together, especially 5e adventures, is the amount of online resources and the um, availability of them, the increased availability of them for the GM. Like, I, I feel like, you know, I used to show up at a con game with a bunch of books so that my players could look up spells as I gave them pre-gen characters. And now I realize that every single one of them just gets out their phone and looks What's up the, the spells. Yeah. And right. so the, the, I feel like the competition for space has changed because the resources are so much different now than they were 30 or 40 years ago that's definitely changed like we don't do i wouldn't dream of doing inline stat blocks for meaning you know you have a room and you run into three orcs and and two wolves and then in some of the rule sets you then give the stat blocks for the orcs Mm -hmm. and the stat blocks for the wolves right there and in fact we're gonna i was looking for this evening's adventure i think about a third of the word count. <laughs> oh, that's where rats. Yes, it is. Because yeah, they've got um, three, the, the were rats with their three, you know, their three forms. So every time you run into them, you get three paragraphs of stat block. So there's an actual devil's advocate. Go ahead, Lou. Yeah, because I got I, an idea on that too. I always try to put out like a little, a little research survey with all my Kickstarters just to see what people are thinking. And this is super small sampling, right? A couple hundred people. Um, I asked once, you know, where they would prefer stats at. And it was predominantly, like heavily predominantly out of out of the 200 people or so, a little less than that probably. Uh, I would say 80% of them said where, wherever the, the creature appears in the story or in the adventure. Well, and I think that's because you're doing, this is sort of DCC style stuff or? It, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think that is one of the things that may, I don't know, evolution. Maybe part of their fan base or well, yeah, it's definitely like rule set, like what you're used to, because we still do inline stat blocks for our old school, you know, for our swords and wizardry style adventures, because that's what people expect. Like that's part mm-hmm. of the style of that of that rule set. And absolutely, we we have inline stat blocks for those. And of course, when we used to publish Pathfinder, that also has inline stat blocks as part of the rule set. Uh, Castles and Crusades has inline stat blocks. So it's not that we don't do it. It's just that in 5e we don't do it and so it's interesting to think about the difference and i would say that i think the available digital resources for 5e you know way outpace the 
available digital resources for any other rule set. And so mm-hmm. I don't, you know, so there may be some relation there. So yeah, I, I agree. Edwin just got you, you just stole my thunder hundred percent. It's about expectation. So all of our, all of our quote unquote OSR stuff, we inline stat block it. It's just, I, we just, that's how we do it because that's what everyone expects. That's again, we go back to that, make the GM's life easier. You know, he, he's in an encounter. He's got everything right there in front of him. He doesn't have to deal with it. Our 5e stuff. No, we don't put any stat, bl- stat blocks in our, in our descriptors. And we put, we might put a stat block appendix in the back of the book for certain things, especially new monsters, obviously. But, mm-hmm. um, it, but that's not the expectation with 5e. The expectation with 5e is you just basically, I think all we do is put the, if there's goblins in the room, we just bold goblin and that, that way the, the GM knows it. He's got goblins in that room and he'll just use whatever resource he has, an iPad, his phone, his computer, or his world books and, and pull them out that way. Um, and we dabbled around with doing something differently, but it's just, uh, we've just come back to the fact that that's just not how 5e rolls. So, um, so I do think it is about expectation. And I, and I think some of it does have to do with the persona of your company also, right? So um, I've, I have seen OSR companies put out adventure books and there's no inline stats in those books. It drives me nuts, but that's just <laughs> me. That's just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm accustomed to seeing something a certain way and I'm not commenting on, on what they should or shouldn't do. They should do what they feel is best. Um, but I, you know, but if I, when I read a 5e book, it actually bothers me there too, because I'm just a guy who likes to see it there, but I understand that's not what the majority of people are looking for. Um, so I, I think trailing that back to the, you know, the format thing, when I mean, we can go on and on and on about publishing. And I, I, one thing Edwin did mention earlier too, or, or I'm sorry, Edwin, Lou, you mentioned earlier was fighting for space. So, you know, at a time 15 years ago, yes. Um, it was a, a tightrope dance to try and keep that page count down because costs to print books were so expensive. And then we ran into pre COVID, we ran into a phase where, um, books were just becoming a lot cheaper to print. I mean, yeah, that's why people are putting out 144 page hardcovers because crap that you, you could do that for the same cost of a 40 page module 10 years ago. So, you know, not if, if it's black and white here, let's forget the color yeah. thing, but you know, go color, obviously the cost goes way up, but um, even color though, I mean, you can just put a lot more material into your book because it's much more efficient to do that. Um, printing wise. Now, in today's market, it's a little, things are still a little screwy. Books are, books are expensive right now to print still that we haven't, we haven't come out of that COVID yeah. stuff. Well, and I'm, I'm still finding that there's that factor of, you know, last week it cost this, you know, Absolutely. now I'm asking for right. a quote and this next week it's going yep. to cost that. Yeah. Or, or, you know, last week we're going to have them to you in eight weeks. This week, we're going to have them to you in 17 weeks, yeah. right? So, and then a week later, they're going to, if you wait another week, they're going to have them back to you in 10 weeks. So it's, it, it, it's still all over the place. So I think it's a fascinating thing. I mean, as far as formatting design, I'm, as far as like, I think what Edwin got into, like, like how, what kind of adventures people are doing. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, I think that's always been a thing. I think people have always been out of the box. I mean, we go back to the days of, again, just go back to our classic TSR days. TSR presented their books and they were all like, kind of like high adventure. You know, there was a formula to most of their stuff, but then you go over to like judges guild stuff and it's shotgun, right? It's, it's everything <laughs> and anything. 
And then Rolaids products for D&D, same thing. They got, you know, they start bringing in, you know, magic users, time traveling and, and crazy stuff like that. So um, I think that's always been there. Um, but I think, again, t- in today's day and age where we have a, a much larger public publishing base of companies producing stuff, you're just, you're going to get more varied product. Um, and we're going to find things sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Um, uh, I'll detract, i go off for a second here. There's a Kickstarter running right now, which I, by the time you hear this, people, it may be gone. <laughs> hey, called, I'll get in a day or so. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Uh, all right, Luke. It's called, <laughs> I think it was, is it, you guys will know it. Shadow Dark or Dark Shadow or something like that, right? It's, a, Shadow it's, a, Dark it's an RPG. Oh, yeah. 700,000 or 800,000. It, no, it's about to hit a million. It's nine or a million, whatever. Yeah, I can't it's keep. It's going to go with it. over a million dollars. Yes, and, it is. You know, I've I looked at they had you know a little sample thing of it. It's it's pretty cool. It's it's neat. Is it a yeah, million? I, would it I have ever thought that would be a million dollar Kickstarter. Mm-mm. No, but you know what? It's a million dollar Kickstarter. Yep. Um, and it's it's you know they have their uh, like sample version of it out, and now a couple people have been doing YouTube like live plays through it and stuff like that. It's it looks fun. It's pretty cool, but it's man, it's it's black and white, right? Mm-hmm. So they they you know everyone else is doing color nowadays, so it's it's a black and white book. It's not very thick. It's rules light. Um. It's just, it's just fascinating to me to see something like that come, come down the road. Yeah. Um, and just up, up to me, I, I don't, I wish them all the best, but I, out of nowhere, right. It's, we talked about before the light. Yeah. In the bottle. It's a head scratcher for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like OSC, you know, caught fire, right. When it, when it became OSC, but we can look back, you know, OSC was not the first thing they ever did. I mean, it, mm. there was BX essentials. For, yeah, like a another, decade. That guy's that was they were yeah. like well, under, this, this OSC is like on their fourth or fifth Kickstarter before he blew up into seven hundred thousand dollars. This but, isn't their first thing either. Okay, all right. So I don't like I said I don't know much about them, and I would assume it's not because they must have had some sort of yeah. I've been I've been getting adventures customer from them base for, for a while. Okay, all right, cool, cool. But, but anyway, one thing I want to throw back. Oh, yeah. I, I guess what I want to bring back is is it's all black and white, and it's, right. it's just, just when you think you know the formatting of something like. Everything has got to be hardcover, full, full color, color, everything. Yeah. Along comes something that's not and is extremely successful. And that's, I think that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, Jay Verning, um, the, the, the Trevor Stamper thing where uh, uh, Stamper was talking about how in his, his books, the last couple he's come out with, he's got these cards that kind of uh, are used for like showing like the room details and that sort of thing. And these cards that are double facing so that the, players can see the monsters or NPCs and the game master has the stats on the back or what have you. Um, I want to point out that that's a luxury that he has uh, because he works so hard and does all this booksmithing himself. Um, Because when you go to an alternate format like that, when you add peripherals and change up the layout of a book, it gets expensive really fast. Uh, Even something as simple as having like a, a three fold cover, um, you're talking maybe two bucks more on the production end, depending on scale, but I'm talking small publisher scale here um, per book. And that may not sound like a lot, but uh, for a small publisher, that's that's dips into whatever profit you're having pretty quick. 100%. So just keep that in mind. It's hard to experiment and, with. And with- as far as, 
before we dip out of his uh, thing, uh, he's talking about uh, if we'll get a chance to cover the FASA uh, oh, Star yeah. Trek. I'm assuming it means the role-playing game because they had a role-playing game and a board game, ship-to-ship uh, -ship combat game, which was awful. Um, I don't know. It's it, the, Star, the Star Trek role-playing game is an interesting thing. People have, I think, pretty broad, broad opinions on it. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I know I do. And, and actually, they're good and bad. I'm, I'm a, a totally mixed bag on that game. Yeah, well, and I think that that system particularly uh, resurfaces. I think in at least two other uh, role playing games that Fossil put out. So uh, it's kind of an interesting look into that time yeah. period. And that would definitely hit more or less the the pinnacle of my gaming ignorance of combining <laughs> uh, combining Star Trek about which I know almost nothing with uh, with this game that I've never played. I think we should definitely do that. Awesome. Be good. Um, so just uh -huh. to, it, it's the the arcane library is the company that's it. yes uh, that kelsey dion is is uh behind for shadow dark just to get a proper plug out there yeah. not that as you say not that the plug not is that needed. they need it <laughs> it's coming to us but yeah. hey, you know a yeah. rising tide right uh, something yeah, like that for sure yeah that's pretty awesome yeah that's great to see uh, all right, so let me, let me read this next one. Yes, please do, so I don't screw it up here. This is from, well, no, I think you read it correctly. Um, no, I just didn't emphasize the... Uh, no, no, the, I think, I think. Uh, well, I don't want to blame Jay Burning, but... Um, so from the lone DM, did you ever have one of those days when the world conspires to drop reminders of some strange moment back in your childhood over and over? Just the other day, I heard three, yes, three references to the 90s TSR Buck Rogers system. When I was a kid, I got it as a gift from a family member that knew I liked role-playing, but didn't realize it wasn't compatible with AD&D. I took it back to the toy store and got some other boxed set instead. Can't remember which. Maybe the Gray Hot campaign setting. I do occasionally wish I had given it a try. Any of you dungeon architects ever play that one? What is your favorite sci-fi system? Well, at the moment, it's just the two of us architects here, Lou, but uh, have you played uh, Buck Rogers? Uh, interestingly enough, I have a, a sort of similar uh, story as to the Lone DMs. I, uh, I had my, my birthday money, went into the store, and it was Buck Rogers box set here, Spelljammer over here, and uh, uh, I went Spelljammer. Um, okay. And ever since, I've always wondered, you know, path less taken, what, what would have that been like, you know? Now, granted, sure. it didn't get much support. I think there's only like two other uh, products for it or something like that. So, no, I, I've not played it. I've heard a little bit about it, but uh, not experienced it. I have Yourself? also not played it or experienced it. Um, my, uh, yeah, and, and Bill has stepped out. So what's your favorite sci-fi system? Uh, I, hands down, probably Star Wars, D6 Star Wars. It just, D6 Star I, it's Wars. a special place in my heart hit me at the right time in the right way you know cool how about yeah, yourself I was, I was thinking about this one and i i mean i think i have played more traveler than any and then i've played the the modern whatever it's called uh star wars system you know okay. the, the funny dice star wars system. <laughs> oh the uh let's see that's not the saga edition that's the uh and yeah I, yeah and I enjoyed one by Fantasy Flight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I've enjoyed, I think I've played the D6 Star Wars too and enjoyed that. But um, I feel like I've not. Oh, and I guess recent. So recently I played Alien a few times. 
the uh, the, the current the aliens. New, the current right, alien, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the one that's um, uh, who is that? Free League. Yeah, Free League. Um, but I feel like I think I'm think I'm gonna say Traveler. Not that I'm not that I'm in love with Traveler, but of the sci-fi systems that I've played. Although maybe um, the other one, one I did really like was the, that would have uh, pegged you as like a, a dark matter or a uh, alternate kind of guy. Well, if I that might have been them, when you were out of gaming. Yeah, if I'd ever played them, I might. Um, the one that I was thinking of, what's the? Um, oh, so Tales from the Loop, I really enjoyed, um, and that that's actually a nice. It's a nice world and a nice uh, system, so I really like that. And then there's another one, which is, um, I'm trying to remember the details here. It's a post-apocalyptic sci-fi. Well, of course there's like MCC and stuff, but I don't, I don't mm. like, I don't know where Are sci-fi sci-fi ends exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but there's the one where you you're, there's like the home phase and then you go out and you adventure for a while and then you come, it's sort of a like blades in the dark, but it's a, hmm. a post-apocalyptic, but I guess that's, that's, I mean, it, it, it's all sort of sci-fi. I mean, D and D is a great sci-fi system too, when it comes down <laughs> to it. But, uh, Bill, have you played Buck Rogers? Yes. All right, we'll talk about Buck Rogers. What do you think? I of I, it? I played it once back in the nineties. Um, okay. When it came out, um, I enjoyed it. Um, it's 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 cool. It's evocative. I, I'd say they did a the the uh, the products they put out for it are are amazing um it's one of those it's kind of one of those hidden tsr gems i'm gonna say that because honestly if you said you know told people that tsr put a buck rogers game out most people just aren't going to believe you know you gave out a list of hey which one doesn't belong people are probably gonna (laughs) pick buck rogers out okay um because they just don't know um but it's actually it's it's pretty cool it really is it's i i love the whole uh buck rogers story I, I guess I, I love the idea of, you know, people frozen in time and, and, and waking up 500 years later and everything's upside down and different. And, and but when you say you played it once, element. do you mean like, like one afternoon or like one scenario that was like, maybe we played one, ad- we played one adventure, one adventure. That, that okay. Yeah, we just I'm just two. amazed that you could even remember, like, I can't remember anything, let alone like <laughs> yeah. four hours from 40 years ago. Yeah. So it, it suffers from the same thing, though, that all of those games that TSR, when they when they licensed IP from other people, it suffers the same thing that they now, all Now, suffer. I will say that this this is kind of a unique one because, as I understand, they didn't license this well. They licensed it from the owner, right? Yes. Uh, Lorraine Williams' yeah. family, the uh, what is it, the Tillies or whatever. Right. So um, yeah, inside yeah. baseball. Um, but they... Uh, <laughs> It, what I mean by that is that um, everyone wants to be Buck Rogers, but there's only one Buck Rogers. And, mm-hmm. and even though you don't have to play that way, um, you know, you're playing in his universe is kind of how we did it. Um, but it's just like, you know, the Indiana Jones role-playing game, it, the Conan role-playing game. It gets really hard to differentiate the game from the character of the game. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just one of those. I think it's it never got any traction for that reason. It was also in the it, it was in, in that time period where TSR just was a disaster. I mean, it's not like they didn't produce product for it. They did, and they produced Bloated, beautiful yeah. product. Well, for oh. it. it's it's a gorgeous game. Um, uh, 
and they produced. I was just meaning they they bloated the market with a lot of product at that time. Yes, not, they did. Not necessarily Buck Rogers product, but but just all a the settings, all that was just exploding at the time. The good thing though is if you do find Buck Rogers, there's a good chance it's going to be in a really nice condition and often in still in the shrink because people just did not <laughs> open it or play it. Um, so you can still find it uh, in incredibly good condition. So I think the rest of his question was. Um, What's your favorite sci-fi favorite sci-fi sci system? Oh man, I, I don't know. I'm like you, Edwin. There's so many games that are kind of like straddle the line. Um, I man, I don't want to say Traveler because I haven't played Traveler in forever. Um, but <laughs> uh, oh, now I just drew a blank. Um, and it goes back to our friends at FASA put it out. It's uh, and not Star Trek. <laughs> um, Lou, what's your favorite? Because I'll remember here in a minute. Uh, so you were ducking out for a moment. So I, I, okay, I'm D6 Star Wars. I'm, I'm boring. People could predict me a mile away. No. I don't, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't trying to think. I haven't really played a lot of other games sci-fi-wise uh, beyond that. Um, I mean, really just haven't. Uh, I mean, Mech Warrior is about the only other one I've played, and it's, you know, it, it's oh, Shadow more Run. or less an excuse to play Battle. Shadow Run, oh, Shadow Run, yeah. I like Shadow Run a lot. I like Shadow Run. I like Shadow Run a lot. I, I will, I will call that sci-fi. I know yeah. people, he might be looking for more of his Star Frontiers kind of stuff, and um, you know, Star Ace by the original pace setter. To, uh... Yeah, exactly. You know, Star Ace <laughs> by the original pace setter. Um, uh -huh. Like I love Steve Sullivan. It's just not that great of a game. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think I'm I, I'd kind of forgotten about star frontiers. I, I, I love that setting. I, I, I kind of hate the rules, but I love the setting. Yeah. Here's the new oh, rules. If you want a good answer, you got to ask a good question. There it is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Loan to you. That was awesome. Thank you. The next hate man. The next letter is. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, next one uh, from Chris. Okay. Uh, you're you're going to have to tell me how to pronounce this name, Edwin. You got a better shot than any of us, I think. Lebro? Lebre? Lebre? I would go Lebre. But Lebre. I'm with oh, you. Oh, nice. Very nice. Uh, but, let's see. You know, if he were in Maine, it would probably be Lebrooks. There it is. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's got the Lebrooks here. Uh, there was a mention on the Trevor Stamper episode. <laughs> About the OGL ugliness, most of that seems to have somewhat smoothed out. Still, many are calling for an all-out boycott of the next edition of D&D. What other fantasy rule sets have you all played, and what are your thoughts about them? I love these special guest episodes, but I'm looking forward to more dungeon discussion from you, uh, from you all. Excuse me. Keep up the great programming. Two hours is how long it takes for me to drive to my mom and dad's so i don't mind the long ones <laughs> take care chris hey I'm somebody with, appreciates us i'm with chris i don't i don't mind long podcast either because for me it's the same thing it's uh walking long walks or driving so take that yeah. no class podcast so they take it's a benefit that, yeah. to being long they dip out so fast uh I'll I'll tackle this first, um, and sure. I do not want to get too far into the OGL because it was a nightmare, and we kind of yeah. like missed the whole boat here at this old dungeon. So, um, good for us. Well done, good for, <laughs> good, good for us. Right, we're too busy dealing with the 
disaster of the OGL. Exactly. <laughs> but he's not asking about the OGL. He's stuff. really he's not. I know. About... I know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, although maybe in a way because he's asking one of their fantasy rules which is you played other than 5e right. because there is right. obviously right now there is a definite 5e um uh i don't think boycott's the right word but there are a no, lot of people backlash a little bit maybe there yeah. definitely is i've never seen more 5e books for sale on rpg auctions than i have over the last two to three weeks it's crazy hmm. like it's not like one book it's like people selling like 12 so their whole sets. They're, they're dipping right out. Yeah. They're moving right That's out. Funny. So, uh, other fantasy systems. Um, I, I, uh, most of Shadow them, Run. a lot of them, a <laughs> lot of them. There you go. Yeah. Shadow Run. Um, uh, uh, a, a great so, deal, you know, back, to, guess, back from tunnels and trolls all the way yeah. through, um, you know, I consider Gamworld almost a fantasy. We could count Gamworld as like sci-fi. I don't. I don't well, know. We were talking about MCC. I, I feel like Gamworld is kind of a sci-fi-ish. Yeah. Thing. So I, I'll, I'll amend my previous statement. Gamworld is my favorite. So, um, but uh, you know, I, I haven't played like I've never played Warhammer Fantasy. Uh, so I've never done that one. Yeah. Um, you know, but obviously various different variations of D and D, Swords and Wizardry, obviously. Um, I've played. I've played even a game called um, Swords and Six Siders, which nobody is going to know of. Um, fun little box game. Um, but uh, so I don't know. I, I think there's more that we could probably throw a stick at. That's out there. what I was. I mean, I feel like I've played PCC, right? Obviously. So, um, which yeah, we're going to talk I, about in a little bit. So, I mean, if, if if we put on the shelf like retro clones and things that are pretty much the dnd rules yeah. with just small tweaks uh I, I don't have a lot i mean like i played uh palladium is about the only other fantasy strictly fantasy game that i can think of that i played that was not dnd uh you know tangent um and palladium at the time i played it i thought it was awesome and then the older i got and the more that i kind of understood rules and stuff i i wasn't a big fan of it anymore um it didn't, it was one of those games where it had just subsystems after subsystems sure. for everything so that nothing really jived together. And like, if you didn't put points into building a character that had like, I don't know, firecrafting, then there was no system for how are you going to firecraft if you wanted to, mm-hmm. um, which is um, typical of that era of gaming. I'll bounce another one here the hero uh, fantasy oh. system. Yeah, I played that. It's too. actually a fun game. I, I it, it, the problem with it, it, it doesn't campaign too well, hmm. um, just because characters, they, I mean, they, they get more stuff, but they stagnate a little bit. It's not level based, mm-hmm. right? So, um, it's a little different. And, and and mind you, I think Champions is probably one of the greatest RPGs ever created. So, um, that rule set is amazing, and that uses, you know, Fantasy Hero uses the exact same rule set. Um, but that's also a cool game. And if you, you can still find that people, that's not a difficult one to get your hands on. It's not expensive. It's, it's a great resource to, to mine for ideas and that kind of thing too. So that's when you can still get your hands on. Um, I played uh, at uh, total con. I played a, a tales from the Harrowed land, which is a new fantasy game. Uh, what's this box and board Fox and Boar, sorry, the animals, Fox and Boar games uh, that he is planning to put out. So it's, I think it's not yet published, mm-hmm. but that was a fun, it was a dice pool 
system. Um, I think D10s maybe. Hmm. Um, but a dice pool system fantasy game with some skills. And that was kind of a fun mix because I normally think of dice pool games as, you know, either uh, sci-fi or, or maybe like vampire, whatever that genre is, mm-hmm. uh, horror-ish, uh, political, <laughs> something, something, I don't know. Uh, but that, was, that was a fun, that was sort of uh, nice for me to, to, to have to think a little differently. Um, and then I don't know if... Um, you know, where Numenera fits, you know, in my mind, it's kind of a fantasy uh, world, but obviously it's kind of sci-fi in the sort of um, gamma world kind of way, but that's also, Mm -hmm. and then of course it's also, it's certainly D&D adjacent in terms of a system, but it has a lot of sort of story game things that are mixed in with it, which I think makes it a noticeably different game uh what was the, oh yeah pen dragon oh, yeah. oh there's a good one yeah right that's completely different um mm-hmm. uh, brp uh, basic role playing so percentile but it has some what i remember about it was those sliders that you basically instead of having like strength you would have a slider between i don't i don't even remember now um mm-hmm. well good and evil is an easy one right so you can yeah. move back and forth between good and evil, but it was also things like, oh shoot, I don't even remember. If, if somehow weakness were a good thing, you could move back and forth between right. strength and weakness. Or so yeah, maybe this isn't strength. one of them, but like like uh, heroism, heroism versus like barbarism, and like yeah, if you right. if you want to like ultimately just destroy your opponent, you're sliding toward barbarism. If you want to, you know, chivalry, uh, but yeah, and yeah, as you move yeah. back and forth, it sort of bravery, changes. cowardice, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, what you can and do. You, you risk like losing your character to you know some philosophical fate if you go too right. far on some of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so that that was kind of neat. Go ahead. Uh, a guy in my gaming group ran us through uh, trophy gold a couple yeah. times. I would like, and to that play was that a really someday. good one. Yeah, I'd like to play that, and then uh, just because it's in the same big ballpark of course uh dungeon world and world of dungeon or whatever it's called the pbta fantasy mm-hmm. gaming which is not not my cuppa um but i certainly played you know that more than once um so yeah i don't i mean it's, it's such a huge there are so many fantasy <laughs> systems out there um and and all of them I feel like have something good to offer the world and they definitely lead to a different style of fantasy game. I mean, even the difference between the different versions of D and D lead to very different versions mm-hmm. of fantasy games. In my opinion, I don't want to start a fight, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but luckily we can't start a fight because just the three of us. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's a, there's so many out there. Um, I don't know what your goal is. What other fantasy have you played and what are your thoughts about them? My, my main thought is I keep coming back to D and D and it's, it's cousins. Like, you know, I, I, I mean, politics of supporting gaming companies that are jerks aside, um, all of all of the games, all of the D and D games from the zero edition up through fifth edition, in their own ways, have been pretty awesome games. Yep. And and then all of the retro clones and side tangents and you know the dungeon crawl classics and they're all they're all friggin' awesome games too. 
and I'm not I'm not giving up that world. I will tell yeah. you that right now. Um, you know, I'm not. So you know, I've been. I'm I'm curious. So that what he was really saying is that there's going to be the people are starting to say they're going to boycott the next edition. So whatever that's called, one D and D, one D and D, and that to me is going to be a really interesting thing because they are. In fact, they just recently tripled down on saying that one D&D will be backwards compatible with 5e. And so I feel like it's almost back like when we went from first to second edition and we didn't know what the heck we were doing. We were just playing whatever showed up and we, you know, it was all mixed together. And it seems like this is going to be a similar transition mm-hmm. that one D&D and 5e are going to be just kind of a thing and you're never going to really know if you're playing one or the other or both (laughs) and who cares anyway um so i guess if you're going to boycott it you're going to have to boycott you know 5e also somehow but um i'm I'm not ready to give those games up because i I think i mean yeah no i i'm not i'm not either um and look we were directly impacted by this debacle um uh significantly but yeah. it doesn't mean, you know, um, it doesn't mean D and D is a bad game. D and D is a fantastic game, and D and D Five E built our industry to what it is today. Um, and it doesn't matter whether you like that or not. That's that's just a fact. Okay. Right. So, um, so what will one D and D do for that? I I don't know. I'm I like to I I would hope that it's awesome. Right. I mean, and I, I want it to be awesome because I like awesome games and I, you know, I, do I have a, a ton of faith in, in Wizards of the Coast right now? Eh, not really. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, their last, I mean, I just look at their last two to three years of product. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, their books just, they're just not good. And, and, and that's just not my opinion. They, they're just not selling well when, when they put a book out and you can buy it on Amazon a week and a half after its release for 40% off. Th- there's a problem with their has there, so, um Has the heist book not done well? Cause I've heard good things about, I'm playing. I think that one, about does, Dragon that one I think is a good or, book. What? No, the, the talking about Dragon heist or, or no, 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 no. It's a brand new book. It's, it, it, uh, I believe it's that's of like done, a dozen heists. Yeah. Oh, okay. it, I think that one's actually done a little better, but um I, I haven't read through the whole thing yet. I do have it. Um, uh, but I do think adventure compendiums are, it's a, it's a hard product to screw up, right? Cause even if you got one bad adventure, right. you still got mm-hmm. five more that are good. So, um, as opposed to, you know, the, like I said, some of the products they've, they've put out in place now, like I said, I haven't read through it. I don't know. I believe it has been, it's been the strongest product they've put out out of the last three or four. That's well, without, what question, thinking, yeah. without question. Um, but like I yeah, said, I, I don't think everything they do is bad, but I think uh, uh, <laughs> I want one D&D to be successful. I, I don't care if yeah. Watsy is successful, but I want the game to be successful. So at yep. this point. Yeah. Well put. Yeah. All right. We got uh, Lou, have you ever one, played one any more. other? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. One more. One more. I, I will uh, say more, this. Uh, I, I one have more never, letter. I've never purchased uh, a rule book after second edition. Um, and it's not, you know, all those games are wow. fine. I go play them, have them. That's great. I just, I, I had everything I needed with second edition as far as, you know, the rules go. And I just, yeah. 
haven't needed to go on. That's so awesome. and I think that's part of, you know, why I probably won't leave D and D is because it, from the very first experiences I had, it's, it's permeated my uh, understanding of what fantasy role-playing is. And so, sure. you know, it's, it's hard to find something else because I'm always thinking, well, this is what I'm looking for, you know? So anyhow, um, so yeah, we got one more letter. Uh, it's not really a letter. It's a, uh, it's a little uh, recorded piece here uh, from our uh, good friend, uh, Banjo Destructo. So uh, he did give this a listen. Isn't this kind of creepy? Doors to die, doors tomorrow. I get tired of eating doors. Let me ask some doors. All we can eat. What's the recipe for cooking doors? What's your favorite recipe for cooking doors? All right, recipes for dwarves. All right. Um, it's yeah. good stuff, I tell um, you. <laughs> you got to have well, a forge if you're going to cook a dwarf right, right? Okay, right. Slow cook. Slow cook. 600 so, so degrees. You're going to have to, right. I, I'm going to try and take it the other direction uh, and look at it from the what's my best recipe for dwarves. I would make them a bundt cake. And not make a bun cake out of them. I would make it for them. So my favorite. No, these are trolls. These are hungry trolls, man. Or yeah, I, I don't really want to. Yeah, I'm. I'm just not really gonna go there again. Paysetter Games. We're kind of PG thirteen and and cooking up characters or other wow. people. Is it right. really our bag? So I'll I'll leave it to you guys who may enjoy that more than I do. I'm just trying to decide if they need salt or sugar. Like, I mean, I feel like they, <laughs> I mean, slow cooking. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. <laughs> good, uh, good. Like the uh, marmalade based on there or something. I, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's, I don't know. That That's a lot of work though. When you think about it, I mean, you, you, there's not much meat there. That's, uh, you know, not going to be pretty I mean, good. It's going to be that, like right? a once a year sort of thing. You're not going to do this often. <laughs> well, there's a whole chapter in the Hobbit about cooking dwarves. So from the three trolls <laughs> so there it is i yeah i'm not sure where to go with this but uh, <laughs> all right whatever works for you you stumped us all right well that brings us into our main event here hey everyone this is tim from tomorrow's end podcast if you're interested in post-apocalyptic moral project then tomorrow's end podcast is for you you can hear us at tomorrowsend.org or you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, and more. This old dungeon. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Tonight we are covering the Idols of the Rat King, the original first DCC adventure. Where to begin? <laughs> this one's a pretty cool one, in my opinion. It's it's it's. Uh, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. It's uh, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe we start with just a short. Oh, you start normally. You start with the history of it. There, I guess. I don't know if you want to dive into that, or we just talk about a summary of it, or. Um. Well, I I, I bought it when it came out. I know that. Uh, from from my perspective, uh, when Goodman, this was their like literally one of their first things they've ever did, right? So, um, and I, yeah. I made not the not necessarily the mistake, but uh, I, I made I bought the uh, what is it called the oh come on computer um, 
I bought the Saga of the Rat King, which contained it in it. So I don't have the original publishing date for the Idols of the Rat King. Uh, uh, I, I know it is a. I got it right here. It is. I've just got the PDF pulled up. So while he, he's doing that, folks, keep in mind that Goodman Games, um, they did Dungeon Crawl Classics uh, as like a sort of response to third edition, fourth 2000. edition, uh, kind of in between those lines. Um, when was it? So copyright 2003. So I, I think it's 2003. Okay. I think you're yeah. right. Yep. So these, um, were, these were games they were making not for the Dungeon Crawl Classics RPG system, but as uh, you know, basically advanced Dungeons and Dragons games that could be played that that kind of mimicked the old school modules. Yeah, yes. I mean, it, it's definitely. I was a little confusing as I was reading them because definitely like the skill check stuff in there felt like third edition three five. Like the some of the DCs are you know twenty five thirty whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so it was it was it was an interesting mix rule wise, but. Yeah, so it's a it's a pretty classic adventure, right? It's a dungeon crawl. You got four levels. You're going down in a mine, uh, and there's a. I actually one of the things I was really impressed with is that it has several different storylines going on that really work together pretty well, all except for one of them, which seemed a little off. But overall, you know, you have this idea that there's the the were rats i think that you're going after yep. and you know that kind of from the start but there's they've got some buddies and some people leading them and then there's some other people in the mine that are either just sort of keeping their distance from or are actually completely concealed from the were rats and so i think that was that was a really nice piece for so speaking about you know sort of writing evolution you know that it wasn't just different factions that were there, but they were factions that went together nicely. I thought mm -hmm. story-wise and that I really enjoyed that part. Well, and I like how there's throughout the adventure, there are little, little snippets, little treasures you can find little, you know, decorations in the rooms that help to tell the story of, of these different parts that are moving around each other, you know, yep. uh, in, in particular in this case. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, why, don't, why don't we give an overview? That, that'd probably make this all make more sense to the listener. Um, any volunteers? I just heard you volunteer. That's awesome. I did too. You got your <laughs> hand up, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that camera. Uh, so uh, so the story begins a couple generations before the PCs show up on the scene. And there's this town that, uh, and I can't remember the character's name, but uh, this, this person comes to this town establishes a silver mine it does fairly well that makes this town kind of go gangbusters yeah, other towns canoe, grow up around the it the new family yeah the canoe uh, not not so hot on the name but canoe family yes that is. where do you get the um, gnome's name <laughs> <laughs> so, <on>. the, uh, <laughs> so the canoes uh they establish this silver mine it uh brings a whole bunch of people in there's a big silver uh boom and uh, there's other silver mines that come uh, come into town. All this, uh, eventually, as they're digging through this mine, uh, they happen upon basically this layer of this ancient evil, this this vampiric queen that somehow, some way, some part way back in history was contained in the depths of the earth, and uh, you know she's set free by them, and uh, basically miners start dying, blah blah blah, 
and uh, everyone gets mad at the owner of the mine, thinks that uh, he's you know been cursed and uh, in revolt against him. And he does also like sort of serendipitously, uh, maybe that's not the right word for it, but he, he contracts lycanthropy, uh, wearatism. And uh, so that also adds to all this, you know, hate towards him. And he, he's killed and his family's ousted from town. And a couple generations later, the son, who's also a wearat, comes back to the mines and takes them back over and starts affecting raids against the other mines. Um, so that's most of it. I, I, I know I've forgotten a part or two. You guys got anything to throw in there? Well, there's no, the weird. I, oh, that's the backstory in general. Yeah, that's the bulk of it. The one that I remember now that that sort of threw me for a loop is there's this there's the love story piece, <laughs> and what cracked me up about it is this this woman comes in and hides a ring, which you know, sure, and with a note, you know, says, "Hey, if you love me, you'll find this" or something like that. But what cracked me up is the security, the secret door, and the traps behind which she hid like <laughs> like she would have killed whoever whoever it was she was in love with they're supposed to find this i don't know that so, one cracked me up so i i interpreted that as a time displaced that that she put the ring there before all those traps were put in place to keep people from uncovering right. the vampire queen sure. but I, I might have misread that i don't well know. i thought because i think that there's two sets of traps which is kind of fun there's the traps that the clerics put in that weren't really traps, but to sort of protect the vampire, the, the vampire mm -hmm. queen's uh, prison. Isolation. Yeah. And then there's the traps that the were rats have put in because they know that eventually people are going to come after them. And I think a lot of the traps are modern or, or just happen now. Um, but then there's the older stuff, the more religious defenses that are in there. But this trap to me somehow felt like it was uh, neither here nor there because of where it was in the dungeon. Like it just seemed like it was now, a weird. If I remember correctly, the, the one that's in the room with the ring is actually the uh, the collapsed ceiling that's covering the shaft that goes down. And, and it it's treated as a covered pit trap simply because you can't tell from the, the uh, you know rocks and stuff on top of it that it's about to give way at any time down through the shaft that goes to the next set of mines i thought there was also i thought there was a trap on the actual um door going into that room you might be right Maybe I, i'm I, making that up i mean there, it seemed there like a lot classic, of rooms in this adventure there's it was a, a classic lot of, there's a, yeah, lot, a lot of rooms, rooms. it was a definitely a classic you know like high high risk high reward like we're gonna balance this stuff out you know i, I don't care you know i'm not gonna leave treasure where the party can just pick it up <laughs> Uh, kind of thing. so no there's not and there's not much of that it, it is a um it's an interesting uh look at adventure design too because to me it's this is this is definitely more of to me more of a Spear a trap. somewhat streamlined monster hotel you know and they built it and then kind of it has almost has the feel of the backstory built around the adventure instead of the by adventure I mean the dungeon itself. Rather I than the dungeon on this. Built, I felt like the backstory the dungeon was a little built contrived. around the yeah. yeah so it, it, it has a lot of that. To be fair, it, that's okay with me honestly in this situation. I'm I'm not picking this module up looking for, uh, you know, complex storytelling. I'm not. You can do it. You could just. They give you enough backstory to 
to mess with it. And they, they all the, the key characters are in there. But um, even just looking at the maps, I mean, I'm sorry. This doesn't look anything like a mine. This looks like a dungeon <laughs> that all of us grew when we were 12 years old. Uh, okay? yeah, it, it just it, that, does. Yeah. Um, there's nothing mine about this, it, except it, one it, level has a little railroad it, track driving around it. It was it, definitely it, made with that random... Uh, random yes. room maker in the back of the DMG. <laughs> 100%, right? 100%. Um, but it, yeah, it, it's, the maps it's okay. themselves it's... are very underwhelming just in like how they're presented. It's like box, yeah. box rooms and lines leading off of them. Other than yeah. level three with the with the minecart, which is really the exciting level in my mind. It's the one that, is. you know, if, if I take a nap and wake up tomorrow, it's the one I remember, you know? There's um, all of five five room encounters on that level, and that's it. Yeah, it's it's the, but it, it works because it's like I'm thinking about like as a as a player going through this and going through you know like 300 foot of tunnel where it's just nope. There's more yeah. tunnel turns, more tunnel turns, more tunnel. That's like a real mine, you know. That's really got me right. in the headspace of being underground yeah. and like where am I going? Is this going to lead anywhere? Uh, no, not really. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but. but like I said, like, I, I think this in this adventure, you can suspend that disbelief real quickly and just say, OK, I know what I've got here and I'm going to have some fun with this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are some there are some head scratching things here uh, to me that, you know, I bought this when it came out. I, I don't I remember reading it. I remember liking it and I haven't looked at it since. So it's been 20 years since I, I looked at this and and now I look back, you know, look at it with my 2023 eyes or whatever. And I think, you know, some of these things are absolutely really cool. They're, they're random encounter tables. Eyes. <laughs> yeah. My 2023 bad eyes. Um, and you know, the random encounter tables are awesome because you, you know, you just, you, you can randomly encounter a spear trap. Point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, they're, they're classic and it, and I think that's absolutely what they were going for with this. It's just a classic type of adventure. And and they had some fun with it, right? I mean, there's every kind of were rat you can think of in here. So um, you know, a were rat bard. Just <laughs> I think, you know, just just some crazy shit. So the one thing though that again I, I want I think where I was going with this initially though is that I'm I'm reading through here and it's designed for characters first to third level. There is no way on God's green earth, a first or second level party is going to make it an hour into this dungeon. There's no way. And I don't think a third level party will get through it. By the time you get down to that, that fifth level, fifth level, fourth level, fourth level, there's a freaking vampire down there. And it's not like it's <laughs> a, you're just, you know, you're supposed to beat. She's the baddie, you know, um, <laughs> There's there's one brutal. room, yeah. I mean, we're we're gonna do some spoilers here. There's one room where the PCs, you know, this is a a dungeon where you're just knocking doors down and killing things, right? But one of the rooms you knock the door down, and some dude throws a lightning bolt at you. I don't know a whole lot of third level parties that are gonna survive that. Okay. Well, you yeah. know what he does on the very next round? He throws another one. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> my <Yep>. God. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, that was one thing I noticed is like you don't even. This is like a third level I, I kinda, character. I form. don't know. I, I went back and could see some of this, but but they don't really give the characters uh, any sort of tools they will need to fight the were rats because no. they need either plus one weapon or they need 
silver weapons. And I think there was like one room that had like a silver candlestick, I want to say. And there's <laughs> one room that has a silver grating that's actually part of what's protecting them from the vampire queen, kind of. Well, uh, and what, what cracked me up is purpose. down in the third level or something like that, like after you've done a fair amount of adventuring, there's the thing where they where they say, hey, if you need to use shovels as weapons, here's how you can do it. As a weapon. Like, <laughs> like nobody has and made it And those are some here. damn good shovels, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, nobody, I'm like, they're like a D8, here. man. They're like a bastard sword. I'm going through here and I'm trying to, I'm trying to find that, like, if they can pick up magic weapons along the way, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find it. But when we the go back to our, I go back to our format like the, email. No, what's the guy's name? The uh, Lawrence. So you've got Lawrence, who's the top guy, and then the guy underneath him, uh, he's got a magic weapon, and I think both of the the cleric and the wizard that appear in here have magic weapons. Yeah, that's um, what I'm trying to. That's what I'm cycling through these. Uh, but the uh, three point five. I, I, I tell you, I, I wasn't real big on a lot on of the. Uh, <laughs> well, and the, the version I got, if you get the saga of the Rat King, it's all converted to AD and D stats, so it's okay. a little different uh, oh, than what you nicer. guys are seeing. Yeah, this is awful. Um, but um, the um, what was I just thinking? Um, you, the, the the premise of the big baddie being a vampire at the bottom of the dungeon. I'm kind of a little burnt out on that. Uh, you get something like that in War Rafts of Kron. You get something like that in the Tomb of the Lizard King, the Lost Caverns that we just did a month ago. Oh, this, uh, Palace yeah, this of the Vampire not, Queen, Legacy of Blood. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. would definitely, if I'm gonna this old dungeon, it I, I want to change that. I don't know if I'd go with like a lesser demon or maybe a, a mummy or some something different. Uh, 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 Rakshasa, maybe I, I don't know something different. I think the vampire's a little overdone. Yeah, I'm still cycling through here trying to find magic shit for them. Um, so we can go back they to do. our format. We can go back to our formatting thing that yeah. we have always uh, in uh, Pimpid Paysetter. We have always formatted our adventures. So, like, if it's a if it's a magic item in a dungeon, it's in bold text, bold and italic. Mm -hmm. Typically, we have like a style guide that we use. So, whenever you pick up any product we've had over the last seventeen years, fifteen years, whatever it is. You can always tell what stuff is. Like spells are always italicized. This text is hard to read. It's you know, uh, it's it's there's no art in the freaking thing. So or not, I should say no art. There's not a lot, and it's yeah, very. They, they do remedy blocky. that in the saga version. They, they've okay, added some gotcha. artists. It's gotcha. It's a about good, good normal call. amounts, maybe a little bit light. Yeah, I mean, you just get stat blocked to death in this thing. You know, yeah. when Edwin was, especially mm -hmm. three point five stat blocks are just. Oh my God, they're enormous. So it gets hard to read. So I, I don't know. It, I didn't think too much about you know how I would um, this old dungeon, this adventure. Other than uh, I, I would do the same thing. The 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 last level with the vampire and all that. That's getting changed. Um, um, I'd rather do something just totally out of the box down there. Um, and you know. It, even not i mean yeah maybe a demon it's not a bad idea like you said lou i think that's good um or just something like awful that happened with the with the silver or some sort of group of creatures that that feeds on it 
I, I, I want to like create something or something totally like out of the book. Yeah, I, I want to create new monsters down on that level. I want I want when the when the players walk down there. If I'm going to give them three levels of pretty much tropey D and D dungeon crawling, I want to smack them in the face when they get to that fourth level and say, mm-hmm. "Ah, you're not going to know shit now." So that's <laughs> kind of where I I would go with this. I mean, but uh, again, there is some fun stuff. There's there's a a a were rat bard. I mean, who wouldn't want to kill that guy? I know everyone. Well, I, I like the fact that he has pipes. He's like the, the reverse Pied Piper. He's the rat that's <sighs> yeah, got the yeah, pipes. Yes. You know? yeah. yeah. And there's some crazy gnome in here too, right? I mean, where the hell I is I remember that one. Yeah, he's in here. Where is he? Yep. He's supposed to be leading all the undead, but they really don't. Oh yeah, the Narzi. Oh, uh, oh yeah, the necromancer, the gnome, the gnome. Every time I yes. saw that name, I swore it said Nazi. <laughs> like, yeah, it does. The Nazi magic it looks like it. It looks <laughs> when you just look at the page. It looks like it says Nazi. It does. I hate to be that way. Yeah, Narzi. Yeah, Narzi <laughs> Hillspeck, and he is a gnome. That's right, brother. Where the hell is stitching he? together all those zombies? Yes. Yeah. 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 I gotta say that I, I think the term monster hotel was thrown out earlier in the program. And I would, I would uh, just totally object to that. I, I feel like there, there's not, there, there's a couple questionable monsters. Like, like to me, the ogre zombies are a little weird. Like where did those come from? Where did they come from? Yeah. But y- you've got I, like, I only, I only meant rats, it. In, yeah. Goblins, no, no, I, and, yeah. I only meant that as in the structure of the, of the, of the dungeons. Oh, the boxes. And, okay, yes. Yeah. yeah. The design of the design of the dungeon levels themselves the map are monster right. hotel. Yeah. The, no, the dungeon's definitely point. not a monster yeah. hotel. In fact, it, to me, it's very one notey in that. Um, well, it, but I know. sort of like that. I, I kind of like the, the purity it's, of how it's like, okay, this is our theme. You yes. know, we're going to stick mostly to it. It's, it's rat theme. There's, you know, yeah. these rat goddesses and gods that we're well, going to have. Well, right? we do they embrace it, right? They embrace it. And... They go in every direction they can with it. Um, and and, and I, I like I always like to say, I like to keep everything in context, too. So, again, this is 20 years ago. This isn't something that came out in the last couple of years where we, we tend to have adventures that have a lot more um, variety kind of things to them. Um, so this, this was a definitely an, uh, an attempt to, to, to do the dungeon crawl, um, but twist it up a little bit and, and keep a linear story going through it with the were rats. Um, and I think, I, I don't know, I, I think it's still a really well done adventure. I, I do, except like, I, I agree with you guys. I think that fourth level, it just needs something out of the box. I mean, I just want some weird, ma- a room with weird magical effects. I want, I want to get into that, the other tropes that, that don't appear in here at all, you know, just, um, you know, a weird statue, um, just more of that kind of stuff, just really twist it up that, um, and come up with a, a whole new monster scheme uh, to do that. Um, and I, I think I would try and get back to the whole silver aspect. Where you know, where did all the silver go? Is someone doing messing with it now? Um, I mean, that's, I think the silver is in there. Like you, you can find it all is. that silver. It, it is. But it certainly is. But I think I would use it as a plot device somewhere instead of just a backstory. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. I, One I of found the, it uh, interesting. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yes. No, no, you, you haven't talked in a while, man. Go for it. I was going to say that one of the things that I was thinking I would definitely change, which 
sort of cracked me up a little bit when I thought about it is that I would take these maps and turn them into uh, five foot squares instead of 10 foot squares. Yes. Like I would use the exact same map, but I would make it a quarter as big. So instead yeah. of these, because mm -hmm. some of these rooms are just, and this is, this is an old, you know, this has always been true in the old stuff because we were using 10 foot maps. 10 foot squares. Everything we was have living squares. rooms yes. that are, you know, 30 feet by 50 feet or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I think about a room like that, you know, as big right. as a house mm. and, you know, sometimes that's really cool, but I think this whole adventure would, for me anyway, would have felt, especially there's goblins, like you can get this 40 by 40 room, whatever. like that just, <laughs> yeah, goblins goblins it. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the goblins uh, a little bit in a mansion. I, I, um, I will say this, I, I enjoyed that they, they talked about the tunnels only being, and even this is pretty steep, but I think the, the tunnels were like eight foot tall, whereas, you know, most of these kind of games, yep. you, you, yeah. ceilings are 15 foot, it's like, really? Yeah, that part that part seemed to work pretty well. I thought the uh... and I did just recall that um, we were talking about being a first and second level game. At, at the at least in the saga version, at the beginning it talks about how if the enemies defeat the players, they will tend not to kill them, mm -hmm. but to imprison them and and use them as slaves, or eventually use them for zombie bits. Right. Um, yeah. Depending, so depending on when you that go down. Kind of going for you. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah that, I thought that was pretty nice. They have the good old section too with a bunch of you know goblin women and children, so you can have that whole fucking yeah. We've gotten rid of that moral that 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 was his. That's gone. They might have gotten rid of that in this version. I uh, I might have just skipped over it too. I don't well, know. Well, there's even a the fascinating piece of art with a bunch of goblin kids looking like scared to death. They're about to get their heads chopped off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that that, piece, um, that one stuck out like a yeah, twenty year old thumb. <laughs> yeah, that, that had that had to go. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, yeah, it's, I don't think it's in this version here. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. Um, what what do you guys think about all the were rats? I, I'm I'm trying to think oh, on that, and I've got a similar problem in this. I'm, I'm doing this pamphlet adventure where you well, uh, you go up into this airship and you're fighting these pirates, and it's like, man, 20 pirate encounters. How fun is that? You know, I know. Does I, it get but, old? What do you do to keep it new and fresh? I, th I think what you have to do to keep it new and fresh is, is, like I said, you just have to throw in something that completely takes you out of that, um, out of that environment. Just for even if it's just for a room or two, and then you can get back into it um, just to break things up. Uh, but again, like I said, I, I keep I've been spending my time here to, trying to figure out again how on earth a first you third level party is supposed to be anywhere <laughs> remotely successful in this thing, and I. I cannot figure it out. I mean, you're going to have to, you definitely have to, if you're going to, if you're going to play it this way, you're going to have to gear those players up somehow, some way. And, and you're also, I think, um, I mean, we used to play this way way back in the old days. If you got enough experience to level up and you went out of the dungeon for five minutes to go to the end, you leveled up. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't yeah. even do that. It's just like, man, one, yeah. once that ticker went to a thousand, boom, yeah. you're third level. You're, All right. You're, you're third level. Down. So, <laughs> I think that's something, and again, you know, I, I know this is 3.5, so the experience charts are completely different in 3.5 than they are in earlier editions. So that, that's my problem looking at this. I keep looking at this like it is a first level dungeon or uh, first edition D&D dungeon, and it's not. Um, but still, uh, like I said, it's this thing is just, it's cool. Now, I will say they do set it up really for deadly. use of stealth. 
like almost every other room sure. is talking. Uh, yeah, about, I know. They're like, oh, the there's the loud thing. noise of the yeah. this or that, or these guys are playing a card game, or you know. Um, so it gives yeah. you a little bit of indication that oh, you know, you don't necessarily need to just go barging in, but but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. There's no way first level characters are making through. There's there's not even like oh, a second. a spiral up kind of thing where oh, you're starting with you know goblins yeah. and then you're going to wear rats and then you're going to it's just kind of intermixed. There was a little bit of that. Sorts of different. There's bodies. a little bit of it. There's, there's a, little a little bit, bit of a spiral, it, but there's up. not enough. There's right. definitely not enough. So, because um, even the even the wandering monster charts uh, got harder as you got deeper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, true. They get less giant rats and more of the way rats. Yeah. So there, yeah. to me, there, there's definitely a there's just a weird balance thing to this. Um, that just I would really have to get into it to work that out i think. I, mean, I feel like the so that's something that you thing... just be advised if you're going to run it as written um there probably is a bit of a balance maybe wait for that here. third level yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a yeah. plus well, one club the jailer's got a plus one club that's going to take one you of the long uh one of the things i think you could do with the to make it a little more interesting in terms of uh being a little one note would be um split them up so they're not all getting along with each other for sure you know mm -hmm. if there's a little power struggle going on between the, with the rare rats or if maybe some of the goblins, goblins uh don't like I've... the fact that the um that the leader is not a goblin and so they're they've separated themselves out and so i could imagine you know you pull pull some of the politics in then you're not just going through and killing every single room full of these things and you're trying to do a little bit more politicking and getting them to fight each other and all that kind of stuff uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the magic the user with the lightning yeah. bolt uh, uh hogan or hogan or something like yeah. that uh that, that would be a good one make make that your your you know wants to take command kind of person because mm -hmm. they already wrote them as an insulary character that's you know oh, i don't care what's going on in the dungeon i'm trying to work on this wand yeah that um, was actually a funny which is interesting because but... there's no wand in the in the magic item list with the character but whatever maybe they're trying to make it and they haven't it's yet. not made yet of course yeah right <laughs> yeah yeah but uh yeah maybe make it so they can be set against everybody yeah that's a good idea get some back yeah, a little going. little um inner dungeon uh factional fighting going on is always a good thing always a good thing one and, thing and is leaves it, it would be very yeah. helpful it's a good idea uh, one thing that it leaves to be set up that i think you'd want to as a game master put together is these uh, these bandits are stealing silver from uh, from other mines, bringing it back to this mine, and then supposedly they're fencing it to some other mine corporation. So uh, I would think definitely you want to figure out who that is. Maybe make one of those you know individuals that owns that company or is part of it be one of the characters that the players get information from, so that they could be like misinformed. Um, mm. You know, there's a, a whole arc there that you could play with. It's not really developed. I am fixated on trying to find magic weapons for these. Characters. Yeah, we've lost, <laughs> we've lost Bill there. <laughs> and so far, I found uh, a, plus oh. one, a plus one club and a plus one light pick because everyone's so, proficient with those. So one of the things I did like <laughs> about this, uh, about the formatting, the setup of this adventure, and this may be a uh, an old three five thing, but on the one of the very first pages, it tells you, it lists all the encounters. And it tells you yeah. what you're encountering and it tells you how difficult yeah. the encounter is. And I thought that was a kind of a nice thing. And it would have helped Bill a lot if they'd added one more column to this table. <laughs> yes. Magic items. Yeah, magic <laughs> items. 
Um, what treasure you were getting with it all. <laughs> we actually did this as some of our very early pace center adventures. And it's something I always thought I should get back to, but just again, uh, we, I don't know how useful people find this. Right. Yeah, but I try it, to think it, of like, would I turn to that chart for anything while I'm running the game? I, yeah. I don't know, maybe so. I, yeah. I mean, normally yeah, I like in line right on the, with the text. It really doesn't give you... It's a quick glance. You can look to see what's in the room, but most people are just going to go to the room and look at it because it doesn't give you any of the detail in the chart that you would actually... like. It's not a very comprehensive chart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I... I I don't know. I mean, well, I guess maybe, maybe. I guess if, if you're, you're looking at the map and you, can, it does have what page number the encounters on, so it helps you flip through the adventure pretty well. well I'm wondering um, also if you were a, a minis person. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, you know, and you be... were actually setting up the battle map and the, oh yeah, yeah it's your little yeah. purchase list. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be. I, funny. I found it funny that there was a, a a spy among the slaves. Like, like, who's that guy? Who, who's that person that's like, yeah, man, I'll be your spy. I'll, I'll, I'll whip me all you want, man. I'll get the good details from, you know, that was kind of a crazy thing. Yes. Um, what else was there? No, one of the things that cracked me up that was that, so there's this description that I must have read 20 times of the secret door to this room is really well concealed or something something like that. The mm-hmm. DC yeah. finding the, this cleverly hidden secret door in this room is a difficult chore. It's a difficult chore. That. And the yeah. DC for that, that goes with 20. that sentence ranges from 16 to 25 or maybe even higher. Yeah. And I thought at least match your DCs with your descriptive language. Like, for, if, if you can get to 25, if you're whatever level you are that you can get to 25, a 16 is not a, a, a really difficult task. <laughs> right. <laughs> but some of these, I mean, you're right, though, Edwin. I mean, I'm just, if you flip through, just look at some of the DC checks in here. I mean, there's lots They're of 25s in here. Yeah, They're there brutal. Are. And I don't They're know little... if that, you know, I don't know 3-5 well enough to know if a, a level oh, 3 look, character... here's a 30. There's a 30, right? There's a 30. Yeah. And I don't think the coffin's covered with lead or a lead lid. Like a level three character is not gonna be having a plus 10. And even then it's a nat 20. So like and maybe I'm wrong, but my my No, no, I think you're right. I'm not I I, I'm with you. I am not no one's ever gonna accuse me of being uh, a rural smith of the of the 3.0 era at at all. But I do think you're right. I mean, there's lots of 18s in here, which seem to be like, that's a difficulty check, right? I mean, that's right. for first, second, third level character. That, that's that's a tough roll. 25s and 30s, I just don't even know how where we're going here with that. So, yeah, yeah, I didn't. I and didn't there's more than a few. There's right. It's, it's interesting. Again, the, the version I'm reading is uh, converted to AD&D first edition terms here, maybe yeah. second edition. I don't know. But, um, but you know, it's just a simple, like, find hidden doors check. It doesn't, there's no, like, extra, yeah, yeah, you know. There's none of, the, none of that stuff in here. But it does describe these, uh, oh, where is it? Where is it? They're, like, supposed to be, like, five-inch thick stone doors that slide upwards. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> thinking I'm just about thinking, that, like, too. You know, yep. Who, who's <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> yep, yep. So you know, so here I go. Since I, I gave up my search for magic items, now I'm, I'm searching <laughs> for difficulty checks. And 
the the easiest one I found so far is a fifteen. <laughs> the, yes, the easy the fifth in the most. There's only very few of those. There's and more eight. In, in there's uh, more. Oh, there's the thirteen. Okay, there it is. What is in what third? You, you could take guess? ten, couldn't you? And that just meant that like it was you That's got a, a ten result just by hanging out and yeah. looking. Well, anything else point, you had there was roll. a there was a take 20 i thought at some point but i don't remember what the deal was on that maybe that's it once you hit 10th level or 20th level something, or something something like that here's a 13 yeah. but you, it doesn't do shit you find some papers detailing the right. mining operation <laughs> wow it, i gotta say i like that i like that you you could find that some of the little handouts i mean they weren't like you know, groundbreaking, but they added a little detail that could help you if you looked at them in the right light later on. Like there's a yep. old map sure. of the mine yeah. that reveals no, no, no. I, that, you know just, that there I'm is a saying, secret room, and I'm just saying yeah. what you what you're getting the value of your check. Oh so, yeah, right. Uh, mm -hmm. Just so here's. No, a, I thought. Yeah, I thought. I mean, there's a 28. Indeed, a door is stuck. You're never getting through that fucking door. Right. <laughs> so if indeed they they wrote this around the map and stuff, they I thought they did a nice job of at least going back and putting in clues and like making sure that it was aside from the difficulty making sure that it's a playable um yeah you know that at don't, least story-wise you're likely to find this stuff yeah so listeners stuff. don't don't get me wrong i i do think this is a well-crafted adventure um, yeah it, it, it is it's it's um they they don't leave you hanging there's no like you get to an encounter and you're scratching your head all the way through trying to figure out why, how does this work or why is this here? It, it, it is, it's, it's pretty, uh, Edwin likes to use the word a tight, you know, a tight adventure. It's a pretty tight adventure. I mean, it, it doesn't give you a lot of room to go off the rails, but to me, that's also its greatest weakness is it does seem to me after reading 20 pages of the same thing, you might want to go off those rails a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and well, not just I mean, a, but I mean, maybe not. not. I mean, it's not that know. big a dungeon. I mean, like, I feel it, like it isn't like you'd skip a lot of it in the, there's yeah, no you're room not going to go to all, all these yeah. rooms. I mean, there's yeah. like what, like I'm guessing without they're numbered per level. So I'm, I'm guessing I'm looking at somewhere around the neighborhood of like maybe 50 rooms, 40, somewhere near. Let's see I'll, so what I'll you guys would guess for you. 18, but we know that and there are 60 10 20 there's 60, 60 roughly rooms. there's about 35 encounters because mm -hmm, they're yeah. listed yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's 60 uh there's 60 i i believe there's 60 number of rooms if i did my math right but i missed something yeah. somewhere there's 13 and 24 so many yeah. 5 42 and 18 in the first level so you're not going to Go to all the rooms, and you know you're not going to go through all the rooms. Although you might, you might. Um, I mean, but, in some uh, sense, it, I think it would be sort of a, a fun running battle. Like if you could keep the energy yes. up and and have them like you know have some of the rats running, and you're chasing them, and then you get a couple more here, and then you run into one who's casting spells, and then over there there's one that's you know actually has this thing going on. Like I think you mm -hmm. could make it a, a sort of a lively piece but yeah maybe maybe you cut out half the rooms oh maybe along with making them five foot rooms you also just get rid of a bus mess of them mm -hmm. yeah possibly you know and i like your 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 underpowered sneak element into the dungeon but that always leads to the fact that you could be two levels down and something bad happens and now everyone <laughs> above you knows you're there and everyone below knows you're there 
Same way. And, and now you're in. Now you're into. Uh, now you're in deep doo doo. Now it's like you're in Hill Giant, right in the in the main <laughs> chamber. Um, but it's so. I do like it. I I really do. I think it's a. I think it's a solid set piece, dungeon crawly adventure. And there's enough. Uh, there's enough here. I think to to have a couple of solid game sessions. I do agree. It's this is not going to take you forever to get through this adventure. It's it's not that long, mm-hmm. um, you know. And More than a much, night, but less than a you know. Yeah, multi session. Yeah, you know, like yeah. It's again. I just like, think some of the some of the balancing of it seems a little wonky to me. Yeah. Um, I think what I think one of the adventure hooks is that like they offer you two hundred gold to go in there and clear this place out or something like that. And I'm like something like that. Yeah. Two hundred gold. Fuck yeah, one, you. One one box to the silver or silver ore alone is like uh, what is it like five hundred gold or something? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. one of the okay, so, ones. so can you remind me in? Uh, so this is third edition. I was trying to do a little to bit a of pound. math here. It's ten, it is 10 to a pound, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's also For 3.5, I believe it is, yeah. And it's 10 silver to a gold. So a lot of this, what they're calling ore, is pure silver. Pure silver. <laughs> because it's well, like, that's, so, their weights are way off on this. Like Their weights they, are they, way took, off. Yeah. But yeah. Like a big crate of ore, and they're saying it's 300 pounds. It's like, man, that's that's like, you know, just a little duffel bag of ore is 300 pounds you know well but yeah. they're also getting you know you also you have the 300 pounds which is then so that's three thousand silver pieces, pieces right? yeah. which is yeah. worth okay. 300 gold pieces yes um and they would have it be worth yeah so that's basically their math they're doing so that means it's pure silver yes <laughs> um yeah it, it which is fine i mean i'm not you know we're not gonna no, but you know, we're, we're this is this old dungeon and we're going to nitpick some stuff, so that's exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did find that that was one thing I, I would have put in here is like some sort of like smithing area or forge or something because because here you have silver and here you have monsters that need to be killed with silver, and it's like, come on, man, how, how cool yeah. would it be for your 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 uh, you know characters with the right skills to be like, okay, guys, you know, I'm gonna we're gonna uh, you know dip Coat all our, our weapons. weapons in this molten silver and go monster hunting here i like that that's really neat no that would that would be a lot of fun i agree that's a that's a nice that would add. be that would be cool actually i like that idea a lot luke you you have to do something in here to like i said if you're, if you're going to run this thing at the low level range that they're suggesting that it's written for you you have to do something to make this work mm-hmm. um Man, I mean, there's ogre zombies down there. Four of them. <laughs> four, I feel like I'm just thinking. Ouch. Yeah, I do like the uh, when you first encounter the one, you're like going across the mining tracks where the one tunnel intersects the mine tracks, and he just yeah. shoves a big card yeah. of ore at you. I mean, it's got it's a lot a of fun, little touches like that in there. Fun in yeah. there, yeah. Oh, there is. Yeah, yeah. I think that that part was, I think, really well done. It's, and I think they do they do a nice job with their their big bads, right? Uh-huh. So there's always um, some introductory they, text. That there's gives you stuff going them. on, and it, they give you a lot of if then statements with them. And yeah, you yep. know, it, they're not just Tactical standing there waiting waiting to get slaughtered off. There's something going on with them. Although, like I said, although I will say uh, to to counter that, I get you're talking about the big bads, and I will agree with you on that. 
they make a big deal in a whole bunch of the uh, earlier encounters to make sure that we all know that these guys are going to fight to the death. And to here's the death. why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the, I mean, I think we read that probably 10 times too. And I thought, you know, <laughs> yes. couldn't we just actually make it more interesting by not having that be the <laughs> like i mean i don't know maybe, maybe there was a thing that that needs to be that way i don't know but especially because of the, the power balance thing i think it would have been a lot more interesting if if there if there'd been more thought of them not fighting to the death mm-hmm. some kind of like um, um king of the hill sort of moments where you, you push them out now it's your territory but they're going to be coming back with you know more reinforcements or yeah, yeah, yeah. you've you've trapped somebody <laughs> right <laughs> yeah because i think that leaves just makes more more gaming going on more more types yeah. of gaming mm-hmm. for sure yeah the vampires gotta go very <laughs> vampire we don't like you final two I'm things like, that i have to say like man um, one i'm oh, sorry not go ahead the, the final two things that i have are, are one that i really like the level three with the mining carts and the and the layout of those tunnels it's super simple just a few rooms but it's it seems like it'd be fun to try to be exploring and mapping and then two i, I would have to do something with these were rats i'd have to come up with like some random generating table that gives them like some little nuance to make it so that every fight's not just okay, here's more were-rats, kill these guys, now kill these ones. And yeah, the big baddies, there are some that are were-rats that are also this, you know, other character class or whatever, but most of the grunts, which you run into all the time in the adventure, are just, you know, here's three were-rat bandits, here's another three were-rat bandits. Oh, these guys have giant rats with them and were-rat bandits, you know. So yeah, some <laughs> some random generator for those guys, make them a little more interesting. Yep. No, I think that was a good a good run through. I'm uh, this was a fun a fun adventure. I was glad to have read it, and there's definitely some stuff I would change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it it needs uh, it needs a little bit of work, but it's it's also it's there's a lot here to work with, which is nice, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I would recommend. I I think unless you're a a three point five guy, I would recommend getting loose copy where you've got the one e stuff it's probably for no other reason it's just probably gonna make it a lot easier to read yeah um, yeah because yeah. this literally is uh oh my god i mean there's only pages on here where almost the entire page is stat blocked yeah because every every time you run into the were rat it's got the the rat form the hybrid form and the the goblin yeah. form and they each have their own stat block and so that's yeah that's like so you get two rooms on one page that are that each have I, three i'm paragraphs. looking at but yeah i'm looking at page 11 on my copy and there's literally three quarters or more or oh yeah. yeah 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 there's a little wandering monsters and then yeah. stat blocks <laughs> right <laughs> that's, <it. laughs> that's pretty much it it's a paragraph of wandering monsters and then uh oh here we go here's another one page 13 is not a whole lot different there's like one two rooms there's two rooms described in an entire page yeah, yeah this, on this, this version, there's the, four rooms on page 11, and yeah, uh, 13, there's six rooms on. Yeah. I mean, they still do give the, the three breakdowns each and every time, which, you know, style thing, whatever. But, yeah, uh, but yeah it is a little, little more readable. This is yeah. definitely the uh, type, of, type of thing that has led me away from. But I think it has to do, in this case, it has to do with the length of the stat block, which is one of the other reasons in 5e that we don't. Sure. So the stat block is not, I mean, the reason it's not expected is because it takes up too much room. Right. 
Um, no, you, it, you can't do it in 5e either. It's just, it's just right. That's what, yeah, right. And here it shouldn't be done, in my opinion. Like, it's just a, no. it's a bad choice. Not, not of uh, Goodman's, I think, but of, of the three five style guide or whatever. Like, I feel like this is how a, thing, it's how everything was done at three five, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Just so, uh, it's interesting. Like I said, I, I, I like it. It's a, it's always interesting to take a look back. I mean, we look back at things that are 40 years old and, and say, okay, this is cool. This is not cool, but this is like a, that mid range, right? This is, this is all, I, I want to say it's only 20 years ago, but it is only, <laughs> it's 20, only 20 years, years old. Yeah. <laughs> um, it doesn't We're feel like it's pups. been, it doesn't feel like it's been 20 years. Cause like I said, I, I remember when we good and put this out and we're picking it up and yeah, but you um, remember when you bought Buck Rogers and played it for a session? <laughs> yeah, I do actually. Um, I mean, that's a good thing. I'm not. I'm not yeah. No, but you're right. But yeah, I can't can't remember where I left my car keys. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, is it, it to me? It's a, it's it's an interesting look back, and I think it was it was a neat choice. But I also think uh, retrospectively, I don't I don't know why. You know, I don't think that might have been. It wasn't in my thought process. I just want. I was like, oh, it's the first Goodman module. And this would be fun to look at, but it's also a nice little window into what was going on in that mm-hmm. era. And um, I was pretty much out of gaming at this time. I mean, I bought it just because I was just trying to buy something gaming every once in a while at my local Barnes and Noble or whatever. And uh, um, so that it's, it's a neat look back at what was going on in that time period. So. Right. Again, going back to our email about format and stuff like that, it's interesting to see because I don't believe Goodman stuff looks like this anymore. The um, art, uh, the art style is. I love the art. I mean, what art there is, isn't it awesome? It was great. This is like, this is so like this is fun black and white. Art. Yes, yeah. and it's gonna say it's, it's uh, according to what I've seen here, you got like Jeff D in there. You've got uh, oh no, we I don't. You know, everything okay. in here is by a guy. Must named. be for the redo then. Oh yeah, this is everything in here. Uh, the back cover piece is is really cool. You guys be able to see it. So what do we have? Brad McDevitt for interior back cover is Jason Edwards, and front cover is Jim Holloway. There's the. Okay. Oh yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. different That's different a, covers on the Saga yeah. version. Yeah, this is a. Uh, or no, well, the yeah, I think piece. you and I will have the same same version. Yeah. Going the, on. yeah. But the black and white stuff, I mean, it's awesome. It's so classically awesome, but <laughs> it's also, if you sit there and stare at it through my 2023 art director right. eyes, I'm like, I don't think this guy knows the, what's it, the perspective or like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah, right. <laughs> right. It's just, no, it's definitely looks, cartoon. Style. It looks very yeah. two dimensional, right? There's very little, you don't, the, the, his his work does not feel three dimensional at all. Uh, so the, yeah, it's saying the same thing on here. So yeah, McDivitt, BKM, uh, BKM. So it's, yeah, that's that's Bradley Brad, McDivitt. It's Brad he, McDivitt. Yeah, yeah, so. and he. Uh, I mean, he, he still works for Goodman. In fact, uh, he he now exclusively works for them. Just like as of a year ago, uh, and his art has changed over. You know, just the few years that he's been with them, let alone his whole yeah. career, because he he's got stuff that goes way back. Like if you've ever played the game. Um, it came from the late late show. Uh, that was his game oh, yeah. and his art for that. Um, oh, cool. But um, but he actually, I mean, like he uh, he did a lot of work for Warhammer 40k and that like really um, gross sort of uh, oh uh, Russ Nichols kind of mm-hmm. kind of feel to it. So I mean, he, he's 
this does not exemplify his his typical work i don't think well some, yeah and i want to knock all the some some of it's actually I mean, he's got some great pieces in here there's yeah. uh, there's one well, where the whole, looks that. like the whole the whole adventuring pcs are battling yeah. all it's like the big battle a bunch of goblins and there's a were rat in the picture it's a great illustration this is yeah this it's is active. an awesome it's exciting stuff yeah yeah it, it is so um yeah. some of it like I said, there's one up here that just though it's just there's three goblins like looking at you and pointing the crossbows at you uh yeah, and it's gonna be on your page six on my page yeah yeah that's just a bad illustration i'm sorry it just looks oh wait wrong. no i got that one yeah it just it's looks wrong yeah, right just look at it. it just doesn't feel right the depth yeah it does does have that junior high kind of yeah on the back of my math folder kind of look yeah. to it <laughs> well or the it's like the scooby-doo like you know it's got the the, the specific Still layer so you can animate of, yeah. yeah yeah it's just oh that one's that one's a tough one but then you like i said you go to another one that's it's really classic so we didn't yeah we I guess we didn't talk about the art too much so if you get i guess depending on what version you're going to get a uh, little goblin kid picture is just and i would say the the front cover would survive today easily absolutely no, that's a great piece that's a holloway yeah piece yeah. right or hollowell piece yeah yeah oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that that's a that's a great it's one of those color pieces it's really nice yeah, yeah. so on the saga edition it's jeff d on the uh, that did the front cover yeah and, and i can picture that cover my, i actually like the favorite I jeff know, d I like the back cover piece this is my favorite piece in the whole thing. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's something about it. Yeah. yeah the wizard. And it's kind of funny that the yeah. one made out of like red bricks that he's like salvaged to put together. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh, and just so you guys know that the saga edition, if you do go that route, not only is it AD and D, but it's, um, it's got three adventures in it. It's got this adventure and then it's got the, uh, it's got like a interim adventure called, uh what's it called the uh, scourge of the silverton and then revenge of the rat king uh, and they all okay. kind of tie together so cool all right I uh, so we, i guess I we're we supposed to um uh i feel like you guys are supposed to uh did we forget to do that part and now we're not gonna um, do it uh, uh, are you oh, talking Edwin's about well, what could it be uh geek I credit we, I, I think we should do uh, it next month if you're being serious we can we can skip i I am being i am being serious i i i know i should have been more prepared but i'm not so there it is all right tell you what uh, to make it fair though um for our our melon contestants here we always put the people on the list something yeah um we could let's see here um no, we could probably do it. What we do you guys do think? Quick. We could either just do a random giveaway or we could save them for next week and add them, or not next week, but next month and add them to that one. I feel like these guys deserve their uh, their one Come in four and... chance. No, their one in four right. chance as opposed to the so, one in whatever chance. So I know that I just shipped out a product, a natural selections monster group there. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, I've got some of those that are just the monsters, like all set for your own three ring binder so uh, I'll, I'll ship one of those out if you guys want to give a, a, a 1d4 roll here uh, so oh, we'll God. go with uh, Jay Verning will be one Lone DM will be two uh, Chris LeBruix <laughs> will be uh, three and then uh, Banjo cool. Destructo with the uh, the audio piece will be four alright here's my 1d4 here going and that has come out as a four so we're going All for the, right, the Banjo. Theater. 
Nice. All right, we'll be getting that out to you. I'll, I'll hit you up for your address. Uh, so this has been another episode of This Old Dungeon. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Lou Alou. <laughs> I'm Edwin. Thanks for listening. And it's Bill. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of the month. Uh, we'll be catching you hopefully sooner than later. Bye, folks. Cheers. You have been listening to This Old Dungeon, a podcast about reviewing and renovating great adventures and rule sets from throughout the annals of gaming. The views expressed by the hosts are simply that, and shouldn't be taken with any serious amount of gravity. This program is copyright 2023. Happy gaming!